Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. Why don't we pray and then we're going to go straight into the Word this morning. Father, I just thank you for uh, this opportunity to, to be able to uh, share your Word and to be able to speak your Word. Father, you're, you're such a good God. You're such a great God. And Father, your Word is powerful. And we recognize that every time we hear your Word, it has the capacity to change us. Anoint my lips, Lord God, as I share. Anoint our hearts, Lord God, as we receive the Word. We want to hear a word from you above all else. So speak to our hearts this morning, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 So before I went on leave, I, um, I preached a number of sermons on the subject, uh, spiritual uh, battles. And I want to share one more message uh, on this uh, topic. I said a few weeks ago that one of the things that we all face in life is battles. Uh, we sung about it again this morning uh, in the second song uh, that, we, that we sang. Uh, we can experience battles at work and battles in our family with health, financial battles, uh, battles in our mind and our emotions. Some of the greatest battles that we will experience is not with what's happening around us, but what's happening inside of us. Uh, they're some of the greatest battles. It's some of those battles that keep us up uh, in, in the night, just thinking and worrying about situations and the list goes on. But as Christians, we need to understand that we're involved in another kind of battle. It's a spiritual battle, that many of the external battles that we're actually facing in our life, they're not, they're, not, they're not external battles, they're actually spiritual in nature. And it's so important for us to understand that because if we know that we're facing a spiritual battle, then we'll face it in completely different ways. Key verse for this series has been in Corinthians, Paul is speaking about the need to forgive and he says, in order that Satan may not outwit us. In other words, we're going to forgive so that Satan does not outwit us for we are not unaware or ignorant of the devil's schemes. And the reality is many of us Christians are ignorant of the enemy's schemes. And as a result, we struggle with things we were never called to struggle with as situations that God has called us to be victorious over. But because we're not aware of what the devil is doing or what he's trying to do in our hearts and lives, we battle things that we don't need to battle. And so we need to understand more than ever that we have an enemy that is actively scheming to trip us up and he's, he's at a drawing board designing a temptation, a situation to try to trip us up. But I, but I just love what we sang again this morning and we, and we sang you know, the, 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 a scripture that comes right out of, out of the Bible, Isaiah 54, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That no matter what, the, the enemy's at a drawing board and he's designing something specifically for you and me, but the Bible says no weapon. Can I hear an amen? In the, I haven't heard you say amen for quite a while. So uh, uh, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. In the name of Jesus. I love what the Bible says about the people of God. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. It says, they cried out to God during the battle. They were in the middle of a battle, but they began to cry out to God. And he answered their prayer because they trusted in him. So the 
Haggites, whatever they were, and all their allies were defeated. Why were they defeated? Because the people of God cried out to God in the midst of the battle and God defeated their enemy. You may be facing a battle this morning. Whatever battle that looks like, it might be inside, it might be an external situation. I want, I want to encourage you to cry out to God because He's the one that is going to give us the victory in the name of Jesus. Now, as many of you know, I read the Bible sequentially. So I start in Genesis, go right through to Revelation, then start again. And, and right now I'm reading through Kings and Chronicles. And uh, one of the things that um, Israel and Judah had to do from time to time is fight battles. And, and this year I'm reading through the New Living Translation. And uh, I remember a message that Tazidov shared one Wednesday night and he, and he said he changes translation every, every year. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. And so I did. I'm reading through the New Living Translation. It's just an amazing translation. It's like the Bible is coming alive again. I, I'm looking forward to actually reading what's going to happen next in the Bible. And so I'm reading through Kings and Chronicles and, and it's just powerful. One of the things Israel and Judah had to do from time to the time is fight an enemy. Uh, things are going well for a few years and then, and then things turn south and they're suddenly fighting an enemy. Uh, and then, um, and, 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 and these battles are actually recorded uh, in, in Scripture, the different battles that, uh, that they face from time to time. And um, these battles are not recorded in Scripture just to give us a history lesson. right? They're not, they're not just recorded in Scripture just to let us know what these people went through these battles. Behind every one of these battles are principles that teach us or that help us to fight some of the battles that we face in our own lives. Each of these stories, each of these battles that Israel or Judah had to face is a lesson, is a principle that will help us fight our own battles in our own lives. So I want to give you four of these battles that I pray will speak to all of us today. Some of the material I I'm going to speak today comes from some, some material by Bill Johnson and it, it just fit in with my readings and fit in with what I, was, uh, what I was reading at the time. So it's just powerful. And then we're going to be breaking bread together. So first of the battles is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. First of the battles is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. The Syrian army uh, was forever threatening the people of Israel and they were powerful and they were skilled and they had the numbers. But Israel had a secret weapon uh, and his name was Elijah. Let me read some of this to you. So it's, uh, it's uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. The company of the prophets said to Elijah, uh, look, the place where we meet with you, oh, no, sorry, down to verse 8. Now the king of Aram or Syria was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on that place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elijah warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my Lord, the king said one of his officers, but Elijah the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So whenever Syria was preparing to attack Israel, God would speak to Elijah. Elijah would go to the king and say, listen, this is what they're doing. And so the plans of the Syrians would be frustrated. King of Syria finds out he's not happy with Elijah. He puts out a, you know, a command to have him exterminated. So um, 
Along uh, the king of Syria, what he does is he sends all of his best troops down to where Elijah is because he, he wants to kill him. So as Elijah sees them coming, he prays that God would blind them. I mean, this is a, an incredible man of God. He prays and suddenly all of these men are blinded. Oh, I don't think God is going to give me that kind of grace because there'd be a lot of blind people in the world. <laughs> it's all like, anyway, that's why, I, that's why I, I, my, he doesn't answer those kind of prayers for me. But immediately all of these guys are blinded, right? And so Elijah says, well, where are you guys going? Let me guide you. So he, he rounds them all up and he guides them into Samaria, which is Israeli territory. And then he prays and Lord open their eyes and suddenly their eyes are open. So when the king of Israel sees them, he says to Elijah, he says, shall I kill him, my father? Shall I kill him? I mean, you can just imagine he's rubbing his hands together and he's thinking, well, this is amazing. You know, shall I kill him? Shall I kill him? Um, Elijah says, do not kill them. Would you kill those who have captured, you, uh, you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they'd finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands from Syria stopped raiding Israel's territory. Here's the first principle. One of the weapons we have to come against our enemies is the weapon of generosity. It's the weapon of generosity. I'm not talking about the enemy. I'm talking about the people that come against us, people that fight us, people that don't like us, the people the enemy uses to come against us. Listen, the enemy wants to try to get us to fight each other for all kinds of reasons. One of the ways we defeat the enemy is by showing grace and love and generosity to those people he uses to come against us. Remember, Paul says our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the people around. Your boss is not the enemy. Your spouse is not the enemy. Let me help some of you here this morning. <laughs> Our battle is against principalities and powers. And one of the ways we can defuse a battle is not by fighting or arguing or proving our point. One of the ways we defuse a battle is by showing love and generosity. How many people know that's really easy to do? Elijah says, don't kill them, feed them, show them grace and love. And because they did that, the Bible says the Syrians never again attacked Israel. Never again. Now, this is not just an Old Testament principle. It's in the New Testament as well. Jesus says, and he's speaking to a crowd that's gathered before him on the hill there. And he's saying, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Gee, aren't you glad you came to church this morning? I mean, this is, this is good. This is good stuff. He's speaking to the people of Israel. Now, we don't understand this, but to the people that were listening, this would have blown their mind. They're surrounded by, by, by soldiers, by Roman soldiers who are mistreating them. Jesus comes along and says, don't fight them. Jesus says, the way you come against them, the way you deal with these guys is love them. Paul echoes these words when he says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, say to him, bad luck. <laughs> Tell him what goes around comes around and it's come around for you. Is that what the Bible says? No, if he's thirsty, give him something to drink. 
In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Listen carefully. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's that's the call of God on every one of us that are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to overcome evil with good in the name of Jesus. Enemy so often uses misunderstandings and issues and sagas to try to divide us and we can get drawn into that instead we need to see the battle for what it is and act accordingly when 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 the Syrian army came to attack Elijah his servant was terrified the servant come runs to like Elijah can, can you see what's happening with all of these soldiers here Elijah prayed and said open his eyes Lord so that he may see So often as we face situations in our lives, all all we can see is what's around us. All we can see is the tangible. All all we can see is the natural. We need to pray, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see what's happening in the spiritual. Because when our eyes are open to see what's happening in the spiritual, we'll deal with the situation in a completely different way. So often we're fighting a situation in the natural and we're losing the battle because we're not seeing it for what it really is. Open my eyes so that I can see this battle the way you see it and respond accordingly. Never underestimate the weapon of generosity and love to win a battle. Second of the battles is a familiar one. It speaks to us about the weapon of praise. You know the story, it's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Again, we sang about it this morning in the second song. Israel is being invaded by a massive army that have come together to fight Jehoshaphat. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat responds by calling all of the people together to pray and to fast and to seek God. And the Bible says, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek Him. Jehoshaphat then prays, and I, and I just love the way he ends his prayer. As the people are gathered together, as the people of God, uh, Jehoshaphat then lifts a prayer and he says, Oh, our God, this is the end of the prayer. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. For we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's just a powerful verse. I wonder there might be some people here today, you're facing a battle. Um, you, may, you, may, you may be facing a situation in your own life which just seems like a mountain which is too great for you to overcome. It's a situation that just, just I got no idea how to get through this. What a great prayer to pray. Lord, I got no idea what to do, but I want you to know that my eyes are on, on you. Lord, 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 I don't know how to face this situation in my life, but I want you to know categorically that my eyes are upon you. And as they're crying out to God, it's the power of prayer. It's the power of seeking God. It's the power of, 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 of coming to God. The word of the Lord comes. And the Bible says, then the spirit of the Lord came to Jehaziel. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is yours. It's not yours, but God's. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm. And see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with them. Now, you know the story. So what they did is they started marching towards the enemy, okay? And as they marched, they set the worship team in front of the army uh, uh, to worship the Lord. So Jehoshaphat 
calls the worship team. He calls Luke and he says, Luke, get the team together. You're going to be coming up on the, you know, you're going to be at the front of the army. You're, you're the ones that are going to go into battle first. And, um, and the, the Bible says this. It says, as they began to sing and praise, as they began to give thanks to the Lord, as, as they began to sing, His love endures forever. The Lord set ambushes against them. The enemy, and they were defeated. Listen, church, never underestimate the weapon of praise to win a battle. Never underestimate the, the weapon of praise to win a battle. Praise isn't just something we fill in in a service. Praise is, is, is a weapon that brings us closer to God, that helps us see our situation from God's perspective. Praise anchors us into the nature of God, and it reminds us, of the character of God. It reminds us of who God is. Praise is powerful. Praise is not just something we do. Oh, we sang three songs today. Praise is a weapon that we can use when we're facing battles in our life. The Bible says that God dwells in the praises of His people. What a great scripture. What a powerful scripture. That as we begin to praise, as we begin to worship God, the Bible says He comes and dwells by His Spirit. I love this story because they began to praise before they won the battle. We need to remember that we don't need to talk about destroying the powers of darkness because Jesus already did that at the cross. This is, this is not a battle between the kingdom of, of God and, and, and the dominion of darkness. Jesus has already won at the cross. God has already promised us victory. We need to just learn how to enter into the victory that Jesus has already won for us. One of the ways we do that is by praising God before the battle is actually won. One, one, one of the ways that, 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 that we, we do that is by beginning to praise even before the battle is won. We need to learn to worship by faith. Lord, I can't see a way out of this, Lord. I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. I know that you're a good God, that your love endures forever, that you will see me through, that I will experience the peace of God, that you will make a way where there doesn't seem to be one. We're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. And that's a completely different perspective. One of, one of the reasons why we can praise and worship God, we know that God is in control. We know that God is, is, is the creator of the heavens and the earth. We know that God is above every circumstance and every situation. And that gives us to confidence to praise and worship God. Lord, I know that you're a good God and I know that your love endures forever and I know that you're gonna see me through. As, it, as we begin to worship, faith begins to rise in our hearts. God has solutions and answers for every problem we could ever face in our lifetime. Whatever problem you think is the biggest problem you have right now, God already has a plan and a solution for that situation. It's not some random event that's happening into your life. God knows what's happening and God is in control and He will see you through. One of the main reasons why we do go through challenges is, is people say, well, why, why am I going through this particular? What is the, if I knew why, then, 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 then it would help me to face what I'm facing. We don't always know the answer to why. But one thing, one of the whys for whatever we're going through is always to bring us into the presence of God. It's always to bring us closer to God. It's always to, to get a greater revelation of who God is. Because of that, we have every reason to celebrate ahead of time. The Bible says, though, the fig tree doesn't blossom, though there be no hurt in the store, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. You know, they're rejoicing in the Lord, not because they've got everything in order. They're rejoicing before all of that because they know that God is going to provide. 
I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be on my lips. Bible says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory. And the one who lifts my head, he's, the, he's my glory and the, and the lifter of my head. We used to sing a song about that. Would you like me to sing it for you just quickly? No? Okay, no. Um, that was a quick resounding no. Okay, thank you. Uh, so often when we face struggles, our heads, our heads start hanging down. You know, it's just a natural, it's a posture of, of you know, defeat and, and we, we, it speaks of a loss of courage and, 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 and no hope for the future and, and, and defeat and, and so on. But as, as we praise, the Bible says, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts my head high. As, as we begin to praise and as we begin to worship, our head is lifted high and we feel stronger and faith begins to rise and hope begins to rise. Praise is a spiritual weapon we can use to overcome and face the many battles in life. Never underestimate the power of praise. Never underestimate the power of worship to change an atmosphere. If you're feeling down and if everything just seems dark and gloomy, put a CD on, put, put your phone on. You don't have CDs anymore. Put, put, put something on, put some music on and begin to work, create an atmosphere of praise and worship because something begins to happen. Pastor Joe, but I don't feel like praising God in those times. Don't be dominated by your feelings. Make a decision for your, with your will. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall always be on my lips. As you begin to praise God, as they began to praise God, they're marching towards the enemy. As they began to praise God, God defeated their enemy ahead of them. Something happens as we praise God. Third of the weapons we have to face a battle is the weapon of presence. Story where this comes from is one of the battles David fought. It's found in 1 Chronicles chapter 14. And it was a time when David fought the Philistines. The Bible says, now when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all, over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. Just a powerful story about David as he defeats uh, the Philistines. And David inquired of God saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to him, go up for I will deliver them into your hand. So David defeats the Philistines and they won this incredible victory. Well, the Philistines are a little bit stubborn, a little bit thick, and they regrouped and came against David again. There's this great scripture here, 1 Chronicles 14, 14, and it says, So David inquired of God again. There's a powerful principle in this story. You see, uh, David was a fighter. He'd won many battles. He knew how to fight the enemy. But David also knew the power of the presence of God. He understood that unless God was with him, he could face whatever battle he wanted. He understood that the secret weapon that he had was ultimately the presence of God. So the first time he's about to go to battle with the Philistines and uh, he says, shall I go up against? He asks God, shall I go up and fight against them? Now, I don't know about you, but but that's, that, that speaks to me about David. It speaks to me about the heart of David. Why was David a man after God's own heart? I tell you, he's in a situation where he has the power, he has the ability, he has the strength, he has the manpower to defeat them. But before he does any of that, he says, God, what, what do you think about what I'm about to do? And there's a powerful principle there. 
So he asks God, shall I go up? God says, go after them. Then they come around again. Now, David could easily have said, well, I beat them the first time. I know what to do. I know how to defeat them. But David doesn't assume he knew the will of God. The Bible says he inquires of God again. And this time God says, I already told you what to do the first time. Just do it again. Is that what God says? Listen to what the scripture says. Do not go directly after them, but circle around them and attack them in front of the poplar trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move out to battle because that will mean God has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. David understood the power of God's presence. He understood the power of the weapon of God's presence. One of the great dangers when we're Doing well is we can assume we know the will of God. Success creates an assumption that I know what the will of God is in the next situation. God has done it this way before. He did it this way last time. He's going to do it again the same way. Not necessarily so. Just because something seems good and right, it doesn't mean that God is in it. More than ever, what we need is to spend time in the presence of God, to learn to hear the voice of the Spirit, Get a word from God about what we're facing. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't send me up from here. And and, and David inquired of the Lord again, shall I go after them? It just speaks about the heart of David. It speaks about David's relationship with God and how powerful and important this is for each and every one of us. I don't know what situation you're facing. I don't know what kind of battle you're facing in your own life right now. But I want you to know, that we serve an incredible God who wants to speak to you about whatever it is that you're going through. He wants to talk to you about whatever it is that you might be facing in your life right now. All you need to do is reach out to Him and ask. So often we make decisions and then we say, God, will you bless it? Our relationship with God should be lived in such a way that unless He speaks, we don't know what to do. Never underestimate the presence of God. No matter what you're doing. Some, some of you say, well, Pastor Joe, you know, you do the you spiritual, you know, you're the spiritual one. We're just regular people. We can see your halo. No matter what God has called us to do, our primary mission in life, listen really carefully. Our primary mission in life, our primary purpose in, Pastor Joe, what's my purpose? I need to know my purpose. Our primary purpose in life is to know God. I don't mean just know Him as, you know, well, I've read about Him. No. To know God means to have an intimate, close, deep friendship with God. That's our primary purpose in life. It doesn't matter if you're a a business person. It doesn't matter if you're an academic. It doesn't matter if you're a tradesperson. It doesn't matter what kind of work you do. Mum and dad, doesn't matter doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Our primary purpose is to know God, to have a deep, intimate, close friendship with God. There is nothing more powerful than that. Oh, Pastor Joe, but I'm in business. Listen, the greatest, the greatest person you can have sitting around your boardroom is the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. And He wants to speak to you. Pastor Joe, you don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I'm doing. Whatever it is that you're facing right now, whatever that mountain is in your life right now, however deep that valley looks right now, how dark it is right now, I tell you where your answer is. It's in the presence of God. 
It's coming into the presence of God and saying, Father, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on. And, the, and David inquired of the Lord again. What should I do, Lord? Because I don't know. This is, this is what you did last time. Or what do you want me to do this time? And the Lord said, don't go the way you went last time. Do it this way. And they had another great victory that day. God wants to speak to you. God wants, when I first became the pastor, you've heard me tell these stories, but when I first became the pastor, you know, one of the greatest challenges, Lord, what am I going to preach on next Sunday? I got no clue. People say, well, you pastors have got it easy these days. Just go to the internet, pluck a sermon out of the internet and preach it, you know. Good luck, try it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the content. It's, is it the Word of the Lord? That, that, I was talking to Pastor Alia this week about it. It was that it's not, it's not the content. Is it the Word of the Lord for today? And the only way you're going to get the Word of the Lord is by hearing the Word of the Lord. And I was praying and struggling and, and so on. And, and you know, uh, you can hear the Word of the Lord. And, 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 and just, just the more time you spend with God, you start to learn, you start to tune your ear to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you wants to speak to you. Three weapons, the three principles that help us face the battles of our life. The weapon of generosity and love, love an enemy. The weapon of praise, begin to worship. The weapon of God's presence. One final weapon comes from a battle that was fought in 2 Kings 19. Sennacherib, king of Assyria, comes against Hezekiah. And at one point he sends a letter to him saying, from his lawyer saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy you. You're finished. I love what Hezekiah does with the letter. He gets a letter. And the Bible says Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. And then he went up to the temple of the Lord and he spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord. As he's doing that, God begins to speak through the prophet Isaiah. In a few moments, we're going to break bread together. We're reminded of one other weapon. It's the weapon of prayer. We don't just pray to anyone, we pray to Jesus who understands something about battles because over 2,000 years ago, He faced the greatest battle of all right there at Calvary. And He didn't just face the battle, He won. He won. And because He won that battle, we too can be victorious over whatever battle we might be facing today. And so today, there might be some of you facing an emotional, physical relational or spiritual battle in your own life, whatever it is, come on, why don't we just present it before the Lord? Why don't, why don't we just take that situation in our hands and just present it before the Lord and allow God to intervene in our hearts and in our lives? Come on, why don't we stand? We're going to sing and then we're going to break bread together. Thank you.